Hey everyone, Mallory here. I'm thrilled to announce a new mini-series that we're dropping on the Higher Ebb Pulse called A Guide to Graduate Marketing in 2024, a special four-part series on how to increase collaboration between marketing and enrollment management functions on college and university campuses, hosted by Shane Beglini, who leads marketing at Muhlenberg College. Over the next four weeks, join Shane as he sits down with higher ed leaders and industry experts to discuss what the graduate student journey in 2024 looks like, what grad students actually want out of their campus experience, the pressure recruiters have to fill butts and seats as the undergraduate enrollment cliff approaches, and so much more. All right, friends, without further ado, get ready to meet your host, Shane Beglini. Hello, and thanks for joining me for the third episode of Enrollify's four-part series focused on graduate marketing and enrollment management. Today's episode is a really exciting one. I'm joined by a friend and a colleague, Artis Kadu. Uh, Artis is the founder and CEO of Element 451, an ed tech company renowned for its AI-powered student engagement and CRM products. His expertise spans AI, technology, education, and design, making significant contributions to higher education. And if you follow higher ed marketing at all, uh, he is one of the foremost voices in AI and in higher ed marketing. So I'm really looking forward to diving into all things AI, MarTech, and how graduate professionals can utilize these tools to enhance the student experience. Artists, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Shane. You and I have talked a lot about, and, and I've heard you speak a lot about AI and MarTech and, and of course, CRMs in general. And, and, and we've worked together in my current role at Muhlenberg using Element 451. Uh, so I'm excited for others to to be able to kind of in the graduate space to kind of get your expertise on a bunch of things here. But let's start with kind of a 30,000 foot view of how graduate enrollment managers and marketers are using MarTech. And I want to start with AI. I think one of the pain points I hear from, from colleagues across the industry all the time is lack of resources, lack of staffing, and, and sort of lack of maybe institutional support. So I want to get yeah. your thoughts on how have you and the folks at Element been working with people in the graduate space to you know, use AI to enhance their efforts and, and maybe make up for some of that? Yeah, um, AI is, um, is a great productivity booster for a lot of folks. And when you look at it from the perspective of what are the areas that AI is making an impact really, really fast from the big consulting companies, all, all the reports that have been put out there for a really long time, well, not a long time, but the whole year, the key areas where AI is making a huge impact very fast with very little investment is in sales and marketing. So if you translate that into higher education is the admissions and enrollment and, and the marketing components of it. The first area where you think it's like, well, how, how do we think about it, it's productivity. Productivity in the sense that now you're able to produce content that is much, much higher quality than an individual person would produce. And you're able to produce not just words, but you're able to produce images, you're able to produce audio, uh, you're able to summarize content a lot faster and you're able to digest information a lot faster. So so that's been a huge productivity booster. Um, 
from our side. Even since the beginning, we saw the rise of ChatGPT becoming an invaluable tool for content production and content generation, from writing full email sequences to writing amazing social media posts, to writing subject lines, to actually writing emails to students, you know, one-on-one communication with those students. Now, what we've done and what we see a lot of schools doing is that they're they're actually using those tools and they're using the AI to, um, to, to do those things faster, right? So they're able to produce this marketing campaigns a lot faster, with amazing results, they're able to produce content that is personalized to the students and to the different personas and different segments a lot faster. So they're able to take one piece of content and, and repurpose it and say, okay, now rewrite this message for out-of-state students versus in-state students. I know in graduate, that's a little bit different, but even international students, right? Translate this now in in Chinese or in, in Indian or whatever it is, that accessibility part of it has been really, really important. Um, You're also using it for SEO content as well, right? As you know, graduate enrollment is the the product is is super important. That program and and managing and and producing that program and how you market, it's all revolves around the program itself, right? And when you're going after uh, potential students that are not your typical high school students, they're working professionals, they're continuing education students, they're, they're all ages and, uh, and cultures and, and kind of locations, you have to be able to target them in a way that is very contextual to where they are and who they are. So repurposing content and the product um, and, and kind of how do you change that product to provide the value proposition, so to speak, right? It's like, okay, a working professional going to an MBA program is very different than a student coming out of, of, of their undergraduate and going into an MBA or, or a graduate program. So very different value propositions there. How do you position it? How do you change that? AI makes that really, really easy and using it for strategic reasons as well. So I can go on and on about this uh, and talk about it. Um, how we've implemented AI in our product has been around how do we take ChatGPT and then actually put it into the product so it can actually help administrators and, and these marketers build those campaigns right within the CRM so they don't have to go outside. So we're using the same technologies there. And then from the student experience side, we build um, technology and AI bots that are helping students self-service, right? So self-service and answering, getting questions in multiple languages because counselors are not there. So how do you do that? How do you put that first line of defense for students in order for them to get the answers they need without having to talk to a real person? Those resources and those people are very constrained. So it's like having someone answer those questions at at 2 a.m. from an international student, it's just you know, not possible. And we all know that the speed at which we kind of get back to those responses is a direct correlation to their likelihood to actually enrolling and and, and having a positive uh, memory of your brand and your institution. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I saw a presentation at the PA Gap summer conference last year. Uh, data point was 60% of graduate students will enroll at the, the school that first responds to their inquiry. So when you talk about answering questions at 2 a.m., you think about busy adults or, or working adults, that might be the only time they have to be doing research. So for us at, at Muhlenberg, and I think probably for other 
uh, Element 451 clients and 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 just people in general using AI. That's really been the biggest productivity boost. We can we can be available 24 seven. We can be available in different languages and and things like that. So it's really been uh, fascinating to see some of the developments, which kind of leads into our our second question here. What have you seen from graduate marketers or just higher ed marketing in general um, using AI and other emerging tech? And where do you think maybe we're we're missing the boat, or or what might be some of the opportunities out there that we're not we're not hitting on yet? Well, I mean, you guys are at Muhlenberg. You're a little bit more on the cutting edge and and using some of these technologies um, on your website and other areas. However, we see the adoption be very minimal in terms of this advanced AI bots that that we're putting together. That is the first, I would say, if you're implementing anything right now, um, try to think about what is going to improve the student experience the most. And the first thing that you do there is that your website is and, and your online um, properties are your first place and, and the most important place where your students are going in to get information, to get answers, and, and they're trustworthy. So the way that we kind of try to explain or try to think about um, the evolution of knowledge and, and kind of the evolution of where students go and how they interact with your uh, with your content has been in the in the scope of uh, you used to be your your website right there's been this evolution in your websites where you used to have uh, information architecture be the most important thing. So if your page or your links were not in the homepage, a lot of people will be like, well, my program is not going to be seen or my department is not going to be seen. So so information architecture used to be very important. When we build websites, we spent months and months and months doing that. Um, fast forward, Google came around and SEO became the most important thing. How do you produce content that is SEO friendly that you can find and it's useful um, and now we, we're still in that wave. However, with generative AI and the AI bots and, 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 and this chat bots like ChatGPT or Bard or, or Anthropic or, or even Bing, you're going directly to that ch chat bot, right? So you're going there to ask questions and, you know, your, your prospective students are now moving to a place where they're going directly to that bubble, to that chat bot on your website. And they're doing that search without even, or they're doing those questions without even um, trying to browse around. So this third wave is about AI ready content. So there's a lot of schools that are lagging behind, and this is going to be the next frontier where they need to focus on how do I build content that I could feed my bots so it can be ready for questions that people are going to answer and it doesn't mean doing question and answer right that's like the old way of doing it it's about finding the authoritative sources of truth so so that's an area where we have seen huge improvements in productivity um in some cases upwards of 70 uh, 70 or 80 percent of responses being being actually handled by bots rather than being passed on to a human person. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I think that the thinking about this in this way is a very different approach from having humans kind of do those things that we used to do before. You made a really interesting point that I haven't even, haven't even considered really is think about when we're either designing or redesigning or, or working on websites. 
the first pain point we get from uh, our our academic colleagues or other departments around campus is nobody's going to find my program if it's not on the homepage. But to your point, you know, the, the, there's far more important ways to make your program findable uh, on your website and off. And I think that's that's super interesting. Chatbots being kind of the main source. Um, you know, people feel a little more comfortable asking questions to chatbots. They might not to a human. So, you know, the idea of findability is a really interesting, I think, development in, in AI and what I think what marketers yeah. should, should be thinking about a lot more. Yeah. Knowledge discovery and um, what we used to call SEO-ready content. Now it's AI-ready content, right? That's And it's very different, right? It's not the same because you, the way that you provide that content matters tremendously. The courses, the course descriptions, the the titles of the courses, the the keyword, like everything that that revolves around that program can now be injected and can now be referenced at the same level that that your strategic plan perhaps can be. Um, you know, referenced when you're asking, when a student is asking a question. So, so everything becomes at the same level. So there is no more hierarchy and it's just a matter of what the user wants rather than what you want them to know, right? Which is, which kind of flips it on its head a little bit. Yeah. And I also think that's an interesting discussion when we were talking about who is our website for. And I think a lot of times in higher ed, we, we, we wanted to answer every question for every stakeholder group and every uh constituency but really it, it it's for the student and the prospective student and so i think that's also helpful to help us kind of organize our websites in that way and understand hey everything's at the same level here so if we don't want our strategic plan being necessarily showing up in search results then we need to organize our website in that way so that's really interesting so that kind of leads into my next question and it and it sort of shifts to uh, the prospective student journey. Um, I know uh, Element has a plethora of tools to be able to kind of enrich that student experience, but how can marketers in the graduate space use the data that they have to enrich the graduate student experience in, in terms of recruitment? Well, I mean, when you think about customer acquisition or when you think about recruiting students, they're they're going through, like you said, a journey. And all those journeys are not all the same. Every student has, has a very unique way of um, discovering uh, what your program is, uh, making a decision, going through that decision. They talk to a person. There's different decision points. There's pricing. There is cost. There is time availability. There is fit of that program. So when you're thinking about how do you influence that decision for a prospective student, uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it, and data is really, really important there. It matters like to understand and break down and segment those um, uh, those audiences or those students in, and to figure out how you can influence them the most. Usually, uh, the segmentation is something that is done in a very crude way when it comes to marketing, and, and we see it every day. It's like, well, you do it based on geo or based on something that is is not as relevant to the person or the context on the other side but look at it through the lens of the jobs to be done right so it's like what is this program solving for that student right as they're 
going through it. And then you're able to build much more sophisticated segmentation. One of the ways that we have seen response rates go really, really high is by looking at students' uh, activity on our websites and looking at their behavior as opening their emails or what types of topics they're reading, where they're going on our website. Like we we have our, our tracking pixels on the website so we can kind of anonymously see where people are going. And as soon as they're, they're identified, then we can kind of bring all that data together. And you can now have trigger-based communications and outreach if they land on a particular program page or if they land on um, a financial aid page. I mean, this is kind of the so intuitive to us, like, but when you convert it and say, oh, you now have the data in order to see their behavior, why would you send them a sequence where you're talking about all these different things at very different, you know, like every, every week you're sending them something, which is great, but wouldn't it be really nice if they just landed on your um, scholarship page for a particular scholarship, then wouldn't it be really nice or a particular faculty member, then you know, six hours later, they get an email specifically talking about financial financial aid and faculty, um, you know, faculty research and, and kind of what they're going for. So that is a much better way of doing the student journey, like doing it in context and responding and providing nudges in the context that they're in, in a timely fashion, rather than thinking about, well, I need to send out 10 emails and I'm going to set this sequence up and I'm going to forget about it, right? I send it on the first day on Tuesday and the first, the first Tuesday of the month and then two weeks later, two weeks later. It should be reversed, right? It should be based on the user's actions for that journey. You need to deliver the topics, but the timing and the personalization that happens around the content that they have should be focused based on the individual itself and the behavior that you have on that. So that's kind of the, the, the highly, highly segmented you know, approach that, that you get from having all that data and from having the ability to track those students. Yeah, and I love that idea of action-oriented communications. If you know, people are looking at these pages for a reason, we want them to have that information that, that, that they were looking for. For, for graduate marketers, artists, uh, from a sort of a oftentimes a siloed position, we may not always have the ability to uh, influence when those communications are, are being sent out or, or frankly, how they are being sent out. For us, the, the answer at Muhlenberg was to frankly change systems to give us the control that we have. But for, for other folks that may not be in that position or may not be able to make you know radical changes like that, what are some starting points that they you know, either talking points for leadership or, or action points that they can, that they can uh, implement in their everyday jobs that can help start that process of, of personalization. Hey everyone, it's Mallory. I'm hosting the Engage Summit this summer in Raleigh, North Carolina. The theme of the conference is AI Got You. We're not just talking theories. This conference is your guide to understanding and applying AI at your institution. By the end, you won't just get AI. You'll be ready to lead your campus through an AI transformation. It's for everyone who wants to use AI to level up everything you're doing. Whether your focus is to recruit or retain, 
the Summit offers a platform to learn, network, and bring back actionable insights to enhance your student engagement strategies. I hope you'll join me and some of your favorite Enrollify creators in Raleigh on June 25th and 26th, like Jamie Hunt, Dustin Ramsdale, and Allison Tercio. Use the discount code Enrollify50 and you can register for just $99. So join us at the Engage Summit this June. Learn more and register at engage.element451.com. We can't wait to see you there. Um, I mean, making the point that personalization is important, I think that's the first thing to start. So it's so gathering as much evidence. Of course, we as marketers and, and kind of being in the little bit on the front end of marketing automation and, um, uh, and AI, like we understand that these are super important topics and consumer behavior is all about personalization now. So, so educating your leadership on personalization and why that matters. There's a huge difference between getting to somebody within, you know, 10 minutes of them responding to something versus, you know, two days later. And that's a huge impact to your business. And you mentioned uh, there's a, there's a huge impact around 60% or so of, of people who got uh, their first response from the school ended up at that school. Now, translate it to real dollars and cents, and your leadership will definitely make a difference, you know, may look at that and say, oh, this makes a lot of sense. This is how I connect it to, to outcomes and dollars and cents. So, um, I mean, that's as a leader myself, as a CEO, like that's the number one thing. So, when my team comes to me and they say, Hey, um, we didn't want to implement this and this is great ideas, but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, how is it impacting our goals and how is it impacting our, our bottom line, for example, how is it impacting our, you know, our revenue and is that positive, negative, like what's the cost of it? So, so those are th some things that you should think about. It's put it in the language that leadership understands, which is <laughs> usually ROI, right? Yes. Yeah, so sometimes it really is as simple as how does this affect the bottom line, dollars and cents. Exactly. Um, so that's good good advice. Uh, the next thing I want to talk with you about artists is something I, I saw you talk about at AMA during your, your session. I want to talk about custom GPTs, uh, how they're an effective tool for graduate marketers uh, and gem professionals. So everybody's using ChatGPT, uh, but it, they're using it in a very simple way like you you give it a prompt and most people are not very good at those prompts right there um they're just very simple prompts however you got to give it a lot of context you got to give it directions on how to do certain things and once you give the context and the directions the outcome the output becomes really really good so like we've like we i have a course on prompt engineering where we talk about okay do you like for example putting a full campaign together for a graduate program you have progressive prompting you ask it you tell it okay well, you're a, a great marketer you are um you give it the context of uh, you have this much experience in graduate enrollment management and, and marketing, and you are uh, working for University X or University Y, build a campaign that attracts these types of students and keep this in mind and this use this tone and this language. Now, putting that together in a prompt can be very arduous and you can you have to do it over and over again, right? And if you're not a very good prompt writer, you become like, you don't get very good output. So the idea is that 
um, can you build or can you modify the behavior or the, of ChatGPT so you can automatically inject and give it a persona that encompasses and has all these behaviors into it that when you ask it a question, it will, it will you know, you will kind of act as that marketer for you, right? So that's what custom GPTs are. They're, they're custom bots that you're essentially modifying and tweaking chat GPT to act as a particular person and you give it, um, you know, this, this elaborate context and you, and you give it this elaborate persona and you give it details on how you want it to work and respond. And then once you ask it those simple questions, it has all that context and it's able to give you very complex um, output that, or very interesting output that that is specific to that bot. So GPTs are a way for us to now say, oh, I'm going to create something that's specific for enrollment marketing campaigns, or for uh, enrollment marketing strategies, or for uh, a this AI program that I have. I want to add all the information specific to that AI program in there. So this is a, sp- a person that is that knows everything about, you know, my program and is a great marketer. So I'm adding all that context. And at the end of the day, you don't have to, uh, you can ask very simple prompts, but the, the, the GPTs, which act specifically like personalized bots are going to give you the output for that. Think about when you're going to an expert and you're asking that expert, on writing or an expert on design or, or even your doctor, for example, it's like, that's another person. So think about these GPTs as different personas that are really good at doing something. Right. And then you can just ask them in very simple language rather than tell just rather than (laughs) building the whole persona. It's like, okay, you're a full doctor, you know, you're a doctor, you have this experience, blah, blah, blah. Now you can just ask them those questions because you know um, that they're, um, they're kind of, scoped for that particular job. So when it comes to graduate um, using GPTs to embed the program information in there, to embed the tone and voice of your institution, to embed best practices and to embed kind of how you want your output to be, like you can build those very, very fast and you can use them over and over and you can share them with your team. The best thing for, or the most important part that from our side is that I'm able to do those prompting really easily, but then I give it to my team and they have a hard time modifying the prompt or 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 kind of tweaking that stuff, right? So now I can just give them a GPT and say, okay, use this GPT or use this bot in order to produce headlines for our blog post or in order to produce headlines for our website. And it's like a headline you know, producer for our website. It knows kind of all the examples and it has all the different interesting nuances of how we produce headlines. And then now all they have to do is um, kind of ask it to produce headlines for, for new stuff. They don't have to remember all. So, so that's the biggest, most important thing is you, you can hand stuff off to your team and they can produce the same amount, the same kind of work. Uh, that they were before. So it's very, very powerful. And we're going to see it becoming a much more used uh, technique going forward where instead of handing instructions, you essentially hand the GPT and say, hey, if you have questions, just ask this GPT. Or if you want to produce content, just ask this GPT. So don't come to me. Just, you know, here it is. <laughs> yeah. Here's the Shane. Here's the Shane GPT. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, you know, we always joke about, oh, yeah, I wish I could clone this person or I wish I had two of this person. 
you literally can now. That's exactly the, it. One of the things yes. I found most fascinating from your session at AMA was it. you don't need to be an expert. You know, I think a lot of times higher ed professionals or people in general are think feeling a little bit overwhelmed by AI and thinking, how am I going to become an expert in this? Well, you, you don't have to be. I mean, you can I, you can upload your your brand messaging guide and your you know different tone and voice guidelines to make these custom GPTs really really easily. So you know for the the people listening, I want to give them something something actionable. Um, talk about the level of of expertise that you kind of need to to get started with these because they are they're they're really really powerful tools. Exactly. Exactly. That's uh, you said it best. It's like, how do I clone somebody? Just create a GPT for them. <laughs> how is Element Four Fifty One working with their clients to uh, sort of make this an easier process? I, I kind of mentioned the feeling of being overwhelmed that I know from using the platform that y- you guys are making it really easy to, to to use and and really building it into the system as as sort of a core part of the system. So. You know, talk about about the the tools that Element is using and how they're making it, it, it easier for clients to uh, take advantage of them. Yeah. So you know, if you're if you're thinking about the custom GPTs um, that OpenAI has, like that's a product of ChatGPT. So they're, but now they have an API. We use the OpenAI APIs and we use their technology, and we're building similar things in Element where it's agents that are um, actually you know, doing different things uh, for you, different bots. So, you know, anything from creating a whole campaign outline for you based on a very simple prompt. It's like, it's going to ask you, okay, what do you want? Who do you want your audience to be? Who do you want? You know, how long do you want this campaign? Um, it's actually creating that outline for you. It's creating the, the emails for you. So those are all custom uh, bots or specific uh, GPTs or specific agents, however you want to call them, um, but we're it's we're following the same techniques, right? The same techniques, but now we're building them into elements. So now you have Copilot, which is essentially your G, which is Chat GPT, but now it has custom uh, build bots specifically for different purposes, for building landing page for you, for building, uh, an email sequence, for actually building an email, for building, uh, for drafting a reply to, uh, to a person. Um, so, so all of those things, for example, one of the ones that we're building right now is around, um, like, uh, like you, all you can say is catch me up. Right. And if you're a, um, if you're somebody who, you know, comes back on Monday morning and you are away for two or three days, it's going to go through and it's going to pull in all of the tasks that have been assigned to you. It's going to pull in all the conversations, summarize those that are coming in from students. It's going to pull in things like applications and so on. So essentially, it's going to give you a summary of it's like, Shane, okay, here's here's kind of what happened over the last five days, right? You have you have five tasks that you need to do. You have three communications that uh, that you need to launch. You have uh, five applications that you need. They're in this stage that you need to review. You have five to dos. So all of those are like that. That's a very simple phrase. Catch me up. But behind the scenes, it's a massive. Um, kind of effort with custom GPTs in order to pull all that data together and to kind of make it in a really nice way for you to, to do that. You can summarize a student, for example, 
for, we, you can go to a student's profile and then you can say, okay, uh, tell me about this student. And it's who you, depending on who you are and where the student is in a stage, it's going to give you a little bit of summary, uh, maybe in a paragraph format of who that student is and what they have done and where they are. So you can just grab that and give it, hand it off to somebody else if you need to. But, but those are the things that um, we're doing to eliminate the need for you to go click around on stuff so you can just converse with the bot or with the AI and it's able to do all these things because it's in the CRM itself rather than um, chat GPT where you need to provide it all the content and, and other AI tools. So uh, we believe that that's going to be kind of the 2024. It's all going to be about conversational interfaces and conversational uh, bots that you're going to interact with them and they're going to be your co-pilots, right? They're going to be your co-pilot and, and kind of work side by side with you. So when you give a summary of that student, you can now chain things together and you can say, okay, great. Uh, can you send them a message? Let them know that their next, you know, deadline or their application deadline is due. Um, and it will, it will go ahead and, and kind of write that message for you and say, do you want me to send it? And then you can hit send, write a text message, all within the conversational interface of it. So you don't have to go to, you know, to a different interface and, and write the email. It just does it in there. If you don't like the way it sounds, you can iterate over it. You can kind of change things. It pulls stuff from your, uh, from your knowledge base. So if you don't know something as a counselor, say, oh, uh, tell them when the deadline is for applying to this program. And you will go into your knowledge base and pull that information for you because, because it's kind of wired to combine all those things together. So I'm really, really excited about that part, right? And um, you probably haven't seen, but in, in like as, as the year st starts now, we are uh, going to release a lot of these uh, capabilities in our co-pilot, which is going to be a game changer for, for a lot of folks who have uh, a fear of complex UI or interfaces that they need to learn. Now the learning goes down to almost zero, right? Because everybody can just start in and get in there. But but that's that's really exciting for us. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. And I've I've used the the for everybody listening, I've used the copilot tools that artist is referencing here, and I've created six to seven email communications flows in in ten minutes, and you know through through the editing process and and bit, and launched the campaign within ten minutes. So go. Go look into this because your mind will be blown. Um, and I think it. I think it's a great. I think it's a great talking point for when um, the, there's pushback on AI. From you know, is it? Is it? Uh, do we want it in the classroom? Is it? Is it against our kind of uh, ethical standards? I think it's a great talking point to say, look at how much time this can save me, and how much more productive I can be during the week, during the day, during the hour. Uh, you know, taking meeting notes and things of that nature, like really boiling it down to these simple things. But when you talk about creating yeah. a seven email campaign from scratch in 10 minutes, that is as good a talking point as I can can think of. So if you're listening to this, go look, go look in the element 451's AI <laughs> tools because your mind will be, will be blown. There's always a fear, Shane, from um, folks right now who are working and there's like, well, what happens to my job if this tool is able to do that a lot better? Um, one, one component that we are working on is towards providing advising, like loading in the course catalog and let the bot uh, kind of figure out 
and talk to the student around, okay, you've taken these courses, now this is a recommendation for the next one. Based on your interest, you might want to take this one or that one. And we've talked to a few schools and their reaction has been, our school will never do that. Like this is like people will just lose their mind if, if, if we have something like this. So it's that fear of um, these tools are going to take my jobs. And what we like to tell people is that they're not going to take your jobs. They're, they're just going to help you get better connections with your students, right? Because let the bot do the menial work that you're doing every day and now spend that time to form better relationships and to have higher bandwidth conversations with those students um, that otherwise you wouldn't. So now uh, a counselor can can have real conversations um, you know, face to face or even over the phone or Zoom. They can they can do that three, four, five, ten a day rather than uh, just maybe having one or two and then every spending the rest of their day answering emails or, or, or answering chats, for example. So so it's a very different way of thinking about it and not, um, you know, you, you of course need to learn how to use these tools because face it, face the reality, these tools are coming and you uh, not learning how to use them is going to be uh, a disadvantage um, in your job that you're you know providing today your institution might be holding back maybe for a year or two but we all know that that the progression is going to be there and eventually we are going to need to kind of coexist and use this as kind of copilot like i said copilots right as as just like we use a calculator today uh, which is common sense and common knowledge or a computer like this is the ais and these bots are going to be our um, our calculators of the future to to amplify our our work that we do day to day. Yeah, and I, I think from from my perspective as a marketer, the the, the use of AI as sort of those that you mentioned the, the kind of the mundane menial tasks of of the day to day of your job, you know, improving efficiency in that area makes me a better marketer because I now have mental space and brain space for the the kind of the deep creative work that's required in, in, in marketing. And it helps me do that. And it, and my, you know, my energy is not being sapped by, by catching up on emails or catching up on where prospects are in the funnel. I can do that in the, in, in a couple clicks or a couple keystrokes. So, um, I, you know, I think the idea that AI is going to come for, for somebody's job, I, I don't, I, I agree with you. I, I think, I think what's going to happen is that schools and, and, and professionals that aren't uh, learning and and becoming well versed in AI, are your students are going to be taken by schools that are and and other professionals that are. So I think, like you said, these tools are, are that's exactly these it. tools are coming. So you you know you have to get on board. And so as we close out here, Artis, you kind of touched on on one prediction, but I, I want to get your thoughts on what are your predictions uh, for the upcoming year and beyond for for graduate uh, marketing and enrollment. Graduate enrollment is going to face a little bit of a. a well, it's already facing a little bit of a headwind from um, if you're if you're if you're keeping a an eye on the market or what's happening with the OPM market overall. It's really interesting, right? The the collapse of the OPM market and the consolidation that's happening there. For those of you who don't know what OPM stands for, it's the online program management companies like Wiley, for example, or um, you know, or To You, or some of the other ones. So, so a lot of schools have made 
10, 20 year agreements with this for revenue sharing. And when the students aren't necessarily there or when the, the cost for, for delivering that program becomes too high, uh, it becomes a real burden on, on the institution. So a lot of the programs and a lot of the acceleration of graduate programs that have been put out there uh, has been you know, driven by OPMs. And of course, there's a real cost to that now. So the collapse of that whole system and schools uh, defaulting on the ability to pay for them, if you keep an eye, for example, uh, Purdue Global has a, an incredible amount of <laughs> debt that, that uh, towards, um, I forget who the OPM is there, but, but you're going to see that schools are going to take on internally the building of these online programs and uh, the building of the graduate programs. And they're going to need more of the internal marketing resources and internal um, uh, technology resources in order to support the building of them. So they're going to take the cost that before they were outsourcing, they're going to need to look internally and say, how can we make this better? How can we do these things better? And it's going to fall on the people who are already there in order to get up to speed. Until now, a lot of folks who have been working on the graduate, and, and I don't mean necessarily um, this is a bad thing, but they have had a lot of resources externally and is usually outsourced that part of the, you know, as part of the, the their job to, to somebody external. But now the pressure on revenue is going to come down to how can we do this internally better ourselves? How can we um, amplify what we have? And it's not going to be like you going to market. It's not going to be about more programs and more product. It's going to be about how do we you know, tweak the products that we have to provide more value? And how do we tweak them to actually align better with industry and kind of the, the skill component? The other part, Shane, that I predict um, that's happening, of course, from the marketing perspective, and not necessarily from the marketing perspective, but from a revenue perspective, is that um, programs overall, they're going to need to kind of adopt and become, you know, like, take chunks of them off so they can be aligned with things like uh, skills components and so on and so forth. As we move forward, again, um, the ability for, um, I, I think there is, there's a couple of bills uh, that you're seeing in the uh, uh, in legislature right now where Pell grants are going to uh, be eligible for non-degree seeking students as well. So, so the the if that happens, then the floodgates essentially open up for non-traditional components of those programs or courses, and schools need to provide a lot more. So, so the program as it stands, graduate program, is going to need to adopt and evolve into a continuing education. Uh, type more approach rather than just, hey, I'm going to give you an MBA. The the, the age of the MBA perhaps uh, is over. However, people still need to go to graduate school. They still need to get their, uh, you know, their their skills uh, for after they graduate, you know, college. But it's going to be more concentrated. So uh, I don't know. Those are some some bigger predictions that I I think are important for those working in graduate enrollment and seeing it internally and how that's affecting their institution because. It's going to affect how they do their work. It's going to affect how they're getting paid, and it's going to affect how um, you know, like how much resources they're gonna you're gonna to put towards those programs. 
I think 2024 is going to be the start of a very fascinating period for for graduate uh, marketers and enrollment managers. So I'll I'll be, you know, watching along to see if if your predictions come true. <laughs> Thank you so much for for joining me. It's always a pleasure. I appreciate it, Shane. This has been fun. Join us for our fourth and final episode, uh, which will be a, a panel featuring four graduate enrollment and marketing professionals talking everything from looking back at COVID and beyond and the upcoming and impending demographic cliff. So join us for that special episode in a couple of weeks. The Higher Ed Pulse is part of the Enrollify Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, enrollment, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks, all designed to empower you to be a better higher ed professional. Our show helps higher ed marketers and admission pros find their next big idea and features a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Brian Gross, Eddie Francis, Jenny Lee Fowler, and so many of your favorite leaders in higher ed. Enrollify is made possible by Element 451, the next generation AI student engagement platform, helping institutions create meaningful and personalized interactions with students. Learn more at element451.com.